Hey y'all, welcome to the Coochie Business Podcast, where we talk about coochies in general and black coochies in particular. I'm your host, Dr. Abigail, an Afro-queer immigrant somebody working on my fifth degree focused on the natural black coochie. And as your coochie curator, I'm here to bring you dope stories and conversations that'll make you laugh, sometimes cry, but will always give you something to think about. So if you listened last week, you're probably wondering, where all that laughter at, Dr. Abigail? But here's the thing, sometimes shit ain't funny, y'all. That's cool though, don't worry, I'm not going to let you down. So now that we've got the ultimate breakdown of this reproductive justice framework by the godmother of reproductive justice herself, Madam Loretta J. Ross, and that was a fundamental step on this here podcast, now we can get into the kiki. So I realize y'all don't really have a, a sense of who I am yet or why coochie business or how this all came to be. And so on today's episode, to help me unpack these origin stories is my girl, Eno Georgette Inwick, a storyteller, a speechwriter, a consultant, and all around badass African market woman who knows her ground. She's the host of the podcast, Dear Former In-Law, so go check her out. We're going to link to all of her stuff in the show notes. And without further ado, let's get into it. Hey. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Hey, Abby, Dr. Abby, if I have to be formal, how are you? I'm good. Thank <laughs> you for being on this podcast. Thank you for helping me to tell this story. Thank you for having me. Coochie business. Here we are. Coochie business. We are here. How do you feel? This is. I, I have to jump in to ask you, how do you feel? You're here. We're going to talk about how we got here, but how do you feel in this moment with this launch? I am nervous. Mm. I am excited. Right. I'm scared as fuck. That's real. That's real. I'm excited for you, but I can't wait for you to tell them about the part of how, how long did it take? Uh, okay, we'll talk about that in a minute, but I just can't wait because I've been waiting for this for, whew, for a minute. But let's jump into it. Yeah, because you were, um, that was San Diego when Coochie Business like was an idea. Right. And you were in L.A. I remember yep. I drove up to L.A. to um, visit a friend. I don't a even know, I, I don't even remember his name. Don't say it. Yeah, but somebody, somebody, somebody. And and we came to a um, a flea market. Right. We did a lot of things, and I met you. You were <laughs> grinding. <laughs> so like that's my middle name, grinding. Honey. It's what honey. we do. That's what we do. Yes. And we so just you, got along right away, though. Honey, we like got along. I was like, I just want to know her. So we exchanged right numbers, same. didn't we? We must have exchanged numbers there right away. We didn't waste time. We I don't think I've time. ever seen him again. I know I have never seen no. him again to this day. You keep asking me, and I'm like, who? What? <laughs> Why does that matter? His purpose oh. was for me to meet you. Period. Because after that, we just jumped on it. Immediately, we kept in touch. And we kept in touch. And not like this L.A. Hollywood version of keeping in touch. We just jumped into it. Totally loved what you were about. The transparency, the honesty, the journey of where we were, what we intended to do, the confusion. We were just, you're very transparent. Which Let me just start by saying, which was refreshing for me from a Nigerian. Because I wasn't accustomed to black people. I wasn't accustomed to Nigerian. I wasn't accustomed to women. Meeting you and with a very short amount of time saying, 
This is what I'm good at. This is where I'm failing. This is where I'm scared. This is where I'm nervous. And you were all of that. Very transparent. And it was so refreshing and so real. How could I run away from that? So I was like, yes, ma'am. I'm not letting this one go. Girl, that's That's residence then because that's how I feel about you. Just watching you at your booth. Let me tell you, she'll be having a straight up conversation but she, she's got eyes on everyone. Are you trying to steal my shit? This, oh, wait. Hold on. There's money coming right there. And, she, and then we'll come back and pick back up at the same place in the conversation she left off. Talk about African market women. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> so true. It's so true. It was a hustle. It was such a grind. And because and my mother is a businesswoman like that, I just, I, 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 get, I mean, I recognize. Just props you got it. all day, every day. I was like, she you got is it. hustling. I want to know her. And I knew you were Nigerian. You weren't your by right? Because we weren't speaking your But it was like, no. But she's not that. <laughs> you're not that kind of Nigerian. <laughs> right, right, right. And you're not that kind of American. Like, there's just this, there's this space that you walk in when you're doing this cross-cultural thing. Right? For me, totally. I've just always been like a chameleon. I felt always like an outsider, a black sheep. I have never been on social media. I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to launch a podcast when you ain't That's got no friends. That's about to change, but... Uh. <laughs> I know, right? So, yeah, it just synchronicity yeah. and resonance and grind. And then you follow through. So let's just start by saying it's one thing for women to meet people. We always say what we intend to do. I want to keep in touch with you. But you actually showed up. You came to L.A. San Diego's a couple hours away from L.A., you made plans with me and you came into my space. We talked about things. We connected even deeper. We shared. Then I found out who you were in the world, not just profession-wise, but who you were as far as what you had to offer. You were transparent. I, I can't remember um, how much we shared at the beginning, but I do remember your passion coming right through your eyes like, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to affect change, affect change in women's lives. And we started talking about what we now know as coochie business, what I now know as coochie business, but this has been your journey all along, right? But in that safe space, you shared with me, this is what you want to do. And I'm like, let's do it. Make videos. Remember that? Let's talk about your resistance to making videos. Right. It started off videos. videos. Okay, so first of all, thank you for the follow through or that compliment or something. That's not always the case. (laughs) (laughs) But when it is, it is. Right. And that's also that's... important. You got to know what's for you and what's not. Mm. You can't just be saying yes to everything. Because I used to do that. You cannot. You can't just Same. follow through on everything, especially as a, you know, firstborn Nigerian pastor's child. It's, everyone tells you. Wait, you're a preacher's kid? You didn't know. <laughs> I'm a preacher's kid too. Get out. Ah, the suffering that comes with that. Get out. Let's take a moment. Let's take a moment and just gather ourselves for all the hardship that comes with being a preacher's kid and all the judgment. I didn't know you were a preacher's kid. I didn't know you were. That's I have, so... That explains all the belligerence and all the... the that, um, what's the word I'm looking for? As well the as the finesse. Because we be on our grind. We know how to That's play true. the rules, That's but true. then we also know how to break it. Now, now we know. <laughs> yeah, well, sorry to mean to interrupt you. But I, got, I had to make a note of that, but go ahead. Wow, I don't even know what I was saying. So, oh, I yes. get it. I was saying... Thank you for telling me that I followed through, but that's not always the case because I, I used to follow through to my own detriment. Got it. Follow through that. on things that's not for me. You need to carve out space. Sometimes it's important for to say yourself. no. So I followed through. So thank you. And the reason I followed through with you is because you were badass, <laughs> girl. And I needed some of that in my life. You were just grinding. Not only did you have this flea market shit, you were... W- 
I don't. I don't. I was doing a lot of. I was doing public speaking at the time. That's what it was. You told me about that speaking that 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 platform where you go and talk and do speeches and stuff. Yep, I was I was making YouTube videos. I was doing live events as well, workshops, seminars, those type of things. I was married at the time, and you were just relatable. Just another woman on her journey, sharing stories about what she wants to do and who she is now. If you find, and to any of your listeners, if you find someone who's that real in your life, hold on to them. Because we're in such a world of confusion, of hiding our truth, not speaking our microscopic truth, and being and shame runs a lot of us. If you find someone who has rid themselves of that shame or who at least is trying to, hold on to them. Because that gave me permission to speak my truth. Every time I talk to you, I don't hide the situation. I don't hide what's real. We find a way to say it one way or the other because you're a space for that. And, and you may all your listeners find me. someone like that. <laughs> what did you say? You provided that for me. It's easy to reflect that when you get that from someone else. It's a hard thing to come by. I really appreciate that. And thank you for being that on my journey. Even when I needed space after my divorce. I know we're, we're all over the place right now, but I needed space and I took it in the most awkward way with all kinds of rhyme and reason. And you gave me that. That's still part of that type of journey. So thank you for that. You don't have to thank me because you took it. That's the thing about agency. You know, because I could be apologizing and probably will or thanking people, not apologizing, thanking people for giving me space in these last three years because I fell on my ass. This is me rebuilding. (laughs) Right. I think others can relate to that. What does it mean? And this is how do you keep your sense of agency, your sense of self, your sense of spirituality or whatever it is that keeps us grounded in the midst of storms because storms will come. Right. time but you need to know what's what's true what's real who are the people that keep with you on these journeys so so you need to know backstory africa's ambassador of possibility all these other titles a lot has changed my pers- this divorce journey has changed my perspective in so many ways the reason why i don't like all those things that people used to label me as when they would introduce me is because I fell down first, right? And in standing up, I realized I never want to come off as some authority in something. I'm like, this work in progress. So even though I'm all about the possibility of what's possible, the way I've fallen down, my dear, it has, it makes me, it's really important to me that people know that it's a journey. I have up days and up and down days, and I have trials and tribulations that are not just about this positive person. And that's kind of important to me now. But whereas before this journey, it didn't really matter. What's important to me is helping women who need to, who have, whose situation has happened because of life happening to them, they have to start all over. That's important to me now. Okay. That's the only thing that matters to me. So everything I do comes from that. Okay. So that's why we're doing this. Like you, we were both on some kind of grind back then and just kind of supporting each other. And we both fell flat on our asses and we're both rebuilding. You're watching me rebuild this and you're rebuilding your thing. People can wait to see what it is, but we're having a conversation as two regular as black as immigrant as women talking about what it means, life's ups and downs and all of these things. And in there emerges the story of how this came to be. Absolutely. I'm glad that this podcast is out and I really love the, the intro, the initial, the trailer is what I want to call it. But before this trailer came out, you guys, I want her to tell on herself and talk about how long it took her to come up with this journey to accept that this is her passion. So can we talk about when... I accepted now. I did not accept. 
You didn't accept. What did you not accept? I Please, did. That's what I'm saying. I accepted. It's not that I didn't accept. I okay. Was, if I'm to be honest, I think I was intimidated by my own calling, though I didn't, I wouldn't have called it that. Um, so this morning, I want to tell what happened this morning. I think that there's a big, um, in this intergenerational, in doing women's work, in doing these things, this is bigger than me. I was yeah. born to do this work. Okay. My parents dreamt about these things. Um, my mom, I, I have an older sister that I never met because she was born, like reproductive work, coochie business. This is my life's calling. I always thought it was delivering babies. So all I ever wanted to do was be a doctor. So when I was an undergrad, I wanted to go and get, I wanted to be an MD. And in, in the midst of that, I was like, what the fuck is this? I'm just looking in, in microscopes. I don't want to do it. So I wanted to drop out and go and be a bush doctor somewhere. One of my musician friends was like, mm, you're a healer. What the fuck is a healer? You know, so I dropped out. I went into this other program, interdisciplinary studies. I studied, this is where the first two degrees, interdisciplinary and Africana studies. The Africana is because I'm African, but I didn't know what it meant to be African-American. My parents are like, you're not African-American. African-Americans are like, you're not us. Like, and it was just like, who am I? You know, because I'm this yeah. transplant on stolen land trying to figure right. out my own identity. When I saw you, I was like, immediately, you need to make videos. This was before it was even a thing like it is today. I was like, ah, people need to see your face. I wanted the whole world to experience everything I was hearing from. Because every time I talked to this woman, it's like I was going to church, school, getting a PhD from scratch every single time. And I'm like, the world needs to hear you. And you would be like, yeah, yeah, they do. But dot, dot, dot. I just got to get, I don't know what you were trying to get. I, I got to get a microphone. I got to get a house. I got to go to Kuwait. It was everything but the kitchen sink. I'm like, the world is waiting for this podcast. It's never been done. And here's what's crazy. As long as you've taken to start this podcast, no one else has done it. This is for you. Can you imagine? Okay, I'm done reprimanding you. I'm glad you're here. You know what? <laughs> Reprimand away. But here's the other thing. And here's the thing that I was saying. Even though you're right about all of that, and it's true, I've always known. I thought people were born knowing their calling and purpose in life. And so, you know, when you go to undergrad and you're supposed to select your degree, I was like, you don't know what the fuck you're here to do? I came out of my mama's womb. Like, before I was even conceived, they told me what my, like, I know what my purpose is. But that's not for everyone. So, yeah, you're right. I knew that. But there's still a developing process. Absolutely. And that's bigger than us. If Listen, if I had launched this five, when was that? 20, that was 2015, 16. Five, six, yeah, seven years ago. Oh, Lord. It would have been called Boo Business, not the Coochie Business. It w no, the name came Coochie <laughs> Business. Kidding. But what I'm saying is that I was, I, even though I was Dr. Abigail and all of these other things and seeing patients, I hadn't lived life. I hadn't you were not there busted yet. my ass the way I did since then. I hadn't been humbled isn't that a true thing you're saying right now, though? Because sometimes we worry about how fast to develop something. And when I tell you, I can totally relate to what you're saying because I was out there already speaking, quote unquote, changing lives in my spaces. And when I look back at everything I was talking about, it seems to me to be absolute bullshit. Because today I can tell you I know what I'm talking about because I've been through it. There was nothing wrong with that journey. I don't regret what it was, what it was but today it seems so superficial. So I understand what you're saying. The journey is different when you've gone through it. That's exactly it. At that I get point, it. I, was, I was like, I was seeing patients. So you talked about the video. Got so it. So the reason Coochie Business started, it was because of a solution to burnout from a clinical thing. And mm. that solution was already born out of nonsense, if you will. Yeah. So yeah. the solution itself wasn't really the, in fully 
the big vision that it would have been or is going to be now because I hadn't had my own experiences. So I was Dr. Abigail, the doctor and the midwife and now four degrees and practicing. And look, she's new. She's an only. Look, she did three years of residency. Ah, Look, now she's teaching. Ah, Look, now she's on this board thing. Oh, now she, when, since when was I a leader? Since when was I running people's lives? Since when was I making calls on other people's things? And now all of a sudden, this is the the Kool-Aid, the soup that I'm drinking. Yes. And it was getting, I didn't know, I didn't think it was getting to my head, but that's what was happening, right? Mm, I get Not that. to me, I didn't know that, but spiritually, right? It's like, mm, yes, you will do all of those things, but wait. <laughs> because when you get to that mountaintop, you can't think that you did that shit yourself. Sis. Right. I think another important thing for this is the timing <clears throat> of, oh, I'm about to get heavy here for a moment. My grandmother just died. <laughs> Yes. How are you about that? Okay, so death is hard. Now, my grandmother lived to be 107. No way. Though, that's a blessing. It's a huge blessing. So you got to experience her and you had that relationship. What was she to you? There's so many things. And I think the real answer to that is about to emerge. Mm. I'm going in less than two weeks back to Nigeria to go and bury my grandmother. This morning, I had this experience because, I mean, I've never been to a funeral before in my life, actually. I don't envy you at all. I can't even imagine. I've never been to a funeral. I've been around death, and I've never really paid close attention to it until this series of deaths I've had in my family around the same time, a couple, almost two months now, um, three deaths back to back within a very short period of time. And I, I, I dreamt about two of them. I'm going to spare all of the details, but there's mm-hmm. this conduit thing with me. But they weren't exactly how they showed up. They were metaphorical, right? But very, I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. uncanny the way that the dreams happen. The reason I share about this dream and the, the timing is because there's something about you know, when I talk about reproductive things, some of the things that people say is that I, I can break down complex things into these images that make sense. So one of the things that I talk about, especially with women, women's health, coochie owners, your womb. Mm-hmm. If a pregnant coochie owner is pregnant with another coochie owner, let me, I'm just going to, for sake of simplicity, say girls and mm-hmm. women, okay? Mm-hmm. So if a woman is pregnant with a girl child, that woman is actually carrying her grandchild. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get that. Because of how biology works and how all of our eggs as girls are in while we're being developed as fetuses versus boy children, sperms, sperm cells get mature or develop that second part with puberty. So when my grandmother died, one of the things that happened for me, it was, it, it was like a transition, this evolution where I realized, oh, this is about stepping into hierarchy. So now my mom is the matriarch. Mm-hmm. Right. What now happened to me? But beyond that, what, what I was thinking about just a, a little while ago was, if I've been here since my grandmother was a baby, then how old am I? 147. 
that oh, have wow. been around. So when I think about the agency and authority or this intergenerational thing that we are trying to do here, there's a big, massive thing. And there's also a passing on of knowledge that happens in this embodied way and in this spiritual way that we're not always privy to. No. I didn't have all of those, besides theoretical or, you know, the way we, we talk about what's important and things. But like you were saying, lived experience, I didn't have that. I didn't have that. I'm so sorry for your loss. That's a lot. And then to have three within a short amount of time, that's even heavy for anyone. Um, do you feel, so that, that is definitely a loss. Do you feel any type of, because you had that relationship with her, is there any, any sort of inspiration that comes from this space right now for you? Yeah, yes, because of what it means for that intergenerational thing. So as I'm starting this PhD and really trying to figure out how all of these degrees that I have, will I just be in school, writing, studying, clinic? How mm-hmm. do I apply it? So the reason this is happening now, it happened in the summer between my first and my second year, because I was like, God forbid, I'm not going to do what I did with medical school and wait until I'm finished and keep having all these ideas and dreams and think that it has to get whatever perfect is supposed to be. And not only that, those spaces are toxic for people like you and I. And I've already suffered through all these bureaucratic things so I needed to also do this as a release, as a way to ground myself and remind myself why, because there was a reason for me to go back. These policies, these structures, everything that I've been prepped to do, it's not by design, it's not by mistake. It is by design that this journey has been the way it has been, you know, to prepare Absolutely. me for the work that I'm supposed to do. But it's also by design that that stubborn, it's almost like, okay, take all these degrees, oh yeah, Trash it. My degrees are a service to us, to the community. You got right. a question? What is it? Okay. Ask Dr. Abigail. If I don't know, I'll go and consult a book. I'll go and find another expert. And right. we're going to talk about it, but bring, breaking it down so that it's super simple. The way that this idea started, you know, which was how is it not just one-on-one? Mm-hmm. How can we get it out there? I thought it was a video. Right. YouTube type of thing. Then I got all caught up in... Life. No, (laughs) perfection, you know, like what kind of... Oh, that too. Cameras, branding, props, my hair, nails. Like who cares about those things? Let's just talk about it. But it's part of the journey too. You know, it's just part of giving yourself permission to... Because I mean, at the end of the day, there's so much, there's so much organization that does come into putting stuff like this out or information. And it's not just a random conversation. There's education behind a lot of what you do and your experiences. So your education plus your experiences plus plans and for the future and just goals that you want to meet. So I have to, I don't want to downplay the importance of your attention to detail, even though I do make fun of you sometimes because, <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's, 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 it's a part that we all just look for a balance, right? Because, Whereas I am just so flippant with mine and I'm not organized, I should say, um, I could stand to use some organization skills, which you have, which that's com- that comes to you naturally, right? So we just have to take the best of both worlds and say, okay, what's that balance look like, right? But so that we don't get stuck, you know? Yeah. 
and 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 likewise, I have to loosen up and 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 chill out sometimes. Like it doesn't have to be completely perfect before rollout because that 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 can cause stagnation and pause. And I've definitely seen it um, happen. What are some of the obstacles that you, apart from saying that you combat things like perfection or some or delays, what do you feel you had to overcome in order to get to this place where? You know this is your journey, but now you can't wait to share. What did that look like for you? The word that came to mind was mindset. Mm. But it sounds like that was similar to what we were already talking about. So <laughs> I had therapy today. In fact, in this last year, I think therapy was a big part of this too. Why do you say that? Because... I like to pride myself on being self-reflective and, you know, high emotional intelligence or whatever marks I give myself <laughs> to pat myself on the back. But we all have our own blind spots. And yes. I've known for at least two decades, and I know it's been more than that, <laughs> that I could benefit from some external help <laughs> with my mental state That's and so things. Good. But I never went. I was just, I was reading books. I was doing self things. Like, I got this. Like, I'm strong. I done seen yeah. some things. I'm resilient. I don't need. And I was already exhausted before I ever went to go and talk to anyone about what I would have to break down. Like, you can't even imagine my life. So just forget it. I'm going to figure it out myself. Mm. But then I came back to this white state. <laughs> liberal as they want to claim to be. And I was like, no, 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 no. Yes, I know I need therapy. And yes, I figured it out this far. But these institutions are going to set me back and I can't afford to be set back mentally. So I actually went back into therapy so that I didn't snap on liberal white folks for school. I didn't do it necessarily for personal. For yourself, got it. I mean, although that was personal, but it was like, how do I maintain? And... And a lot of things came up because I know personally I need some help. And so in this year and some change now, almost weekly, you know, thankfully I found a black woman in this place, mm. you know, and, and it really helped with what I believe actually, yes, mindset was one of the things I had to overcome, but I think a major thing was really believing that I am who I knew myself to be. Not just saying it, but right. actually really believing it and embodying it. Because I would say it, I would even say that I believed it. But sometimes I would look at my actions or things and it's like, okay, even if you believe it, something must be off. Must be off in my belief because look around. Mm. At least my own logical mind knows that the external is a reflection of the internal. So what... Am I serving myself that's not, that I need to change so that I can be in alignment with that? And that was a long process. I mean, well before therapy, but I put those things in place and therapy just really fast-tracked it, honestly, because I don't, I mean, (laughs) yes, I can't speak for what my therapist thinks about me, but she (laughs) says to me a lot that, you know, she's proud, like you're doing the work and that is the work. The work is, it's. It's embodied. It's, it's what we did to move through however much tech issues. It's not giving up. It's knowing who you are. It's knowing when to say yes and when to say no and when to say, okay, I messed up. 
you know, yeah. or that's what I lost. But I, I chose to give that up because I selected, I chose this with intention. Uh, I feel like I, I, you and I talk about these things all the time, the importance of being able to reflect to know what it is that you're doing to stab your own foot or stop your own self from making progress. What is it that you're doing that you're not looking in to say, why is my world showing up this way for me? Where am I not taking responsibility for? But it took me a while to realize that many of us, Black women in the space that I'm in, don't do that. We almost don't have the time. We're so busy juggling what the world has put on our plate that we haven't had the time to process these things for ourselves, let alone being able to manifest the things that we want to manifest because we're so busy doing other people's stuff, taking these titles, these labels, these microaggressions, these bootleg conversations, empty conversations that, not, that don't allow us to be present to our own life, then how are we going to manifest things? We're just going to end up being ordinary. So thank you for sharing that because it's a permission that we have to grant ourselves because nobody is out here giving it to us. We Point blank Black period. women built everything and they, people will continue to take from you as long as you continue to give it to them. So until Ooh, we give, and this is what therapy helped me, I, she, she pointed out for me that I have this hero complex, which I realized, okay. but I had to reframe and realize how to be my own hero. It has been a rocky journey, girl. I, don't, I realized that I didn't know how to choose myself. From I don't family. think a lot of us do. And uh, uh, others do, though. Others know how to do that. They will blindside you with anything as long as it's not serving them. But we are so taught from this small age, give, give. It's not about you. And just a little, if we could just give ourselves 20% of the love that we give other people, there's no magic that we can't accomplish. But you're absolutely right. It's, it's, but we have to not only... And this is why I love my relationship with you. Not only do we have to take it for ourselves, but sometimes we need to give ourselves permission to tell other people because I may not remember it for myself. And that's when you come in and say, hey, it doesn't have to be perfect or you could be more perfect or let's organize this or let's find a, a way to get the other girls to win because sometimes we need a reminder. It's not a permission that we always give ourselves, to be honest, right? So that's what it looks like. I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, sometimes I get caught up in the weeds like everything is coochie for you everything is coochie related like what's wrong um how are you gonna get people who aren't about coochies as deep as you are you know this mm -hmm. reproductive everything um but it's important to really understand that that emotional that intuitive thing even though it shows up in say reproductive things or what brought me into it birth and, right. preg you know, pregnancy and fertility and all of those things, it shows up in so many other ways. When, I don't know if I got this from Queen Afua's book or something that came up because of my clinical practice um, years into the game, but the idea that we as coochie owners, we hold our emotions in our womb. We can't mm -hmm. separate the two. That stress that starts building up because we're not choosing ourselves the, the, the things that build up because we're moving in spaces where people don't want to recognize our humanity or our agency, the things that build up, not even just us, but, you know, I was just talking about my grandmother. I feel like what happened for me this morning, this cathartic release, was me shedding some of the things that she was embodying. And, and the right. quote that came up for me this morning as I that brought me to my knees crying is that, her home going is my homecoming. Oh, wow. 
girl. That's I, profound. I started crying. I'm still not fully myself today. That was early this morning, and I was troubled last night. Right. She's communicating with me. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how am I going to get to Nigeria in the next couple of weeks. I, I'm, I'm estranged in some regards, in yeah, major yeah. regards from family things. It's always some kind of drama anyway. You just want to just... Right. But never was it like, no, you're not going to be there. Right. Yes, it's, I could say, yeah, you need to stay here and just choose yourself. But it's more than that. Right. And it's how to stay in alignment and attuned to those things. And our body tells us those things, especially um, really all of us. All of us. I agree. I agree. So, so when, you, when you talked about fertility and the body telling us things, for me, I have fibroids that have occurred three or four times in my life in the past 10 years. And I had a myomectomy, surgery to take out these fibroids uh, two or three times. And on paper, most doctors say things like, we don't know where they came from. We don't know. It's not the same for every uh, woman of color. Mostly, um, it's my understanding, a lot of black women have them, right? So, but one of the things that I was talking about was the fact that mine, among other things, I'm sure there are biological reasons, but I believe that mine are a manifestation of dreams that never came to fruition and being held back. So I talk about my divorce, and this is a very important topic for me because not because of the pain of divorce, but because of what it took me through and the things that it revealed when it was passed. In that relationship, I was really not allowed to do a lot, but it didn't package itself like that. It didn't look like you're not allowed to do this. It was more like, I know you have a goal of talking to 100 people, but why don't you just talk to five people? Let's do that. That's more attainable. I know you want to open a business where, for example, you can serve 400 people. Let's just do a business of four people. So it still looked like support. But if you look at it closely, it's called bastardize your dream, ma'am. Get an adulterated version. Right. It's still a version of clipping your wings. So now... And many women do this, mind you. They do it in relationships and they do it in, with friendships. They do it in marriages where you bastardize your goal for yourself in order to make it meet the other person's dream. But what happens when, that, what, what happens when you do that? Your soul starts to die somehow. Something in you is cringing, is, is, is wincing. Your, your soul is small because you're thinking, there's something I could be doing, but now I'm doing a small version of it. Those things manifest themselves as stresses in our body. So when you open your mouth to go to a place where you're like, I want to do an event for 100 people, but I've orchestrated one for five people, you know that's a small version of you. You will never bring your 100% persona there, right? That's you being small. In my own medical way of saying this, I believe those type of things cause our bodies to suffer. It could be our hearts. It could be our souls. It could be our uterus. Somehow, there's a consequence for you not living what's supposed to be your best life, whatever the reason. There's, yes, and, and it's so important. And I appreciate that you said, sure, there are biological reasons for that. Just like there are psychological, spiritual, social, Absolutely. cultural reasons Ooh, for a cultural. lot of these things that we have. Yes, racism Snap. is a culture that yeah. has an impact. That's how we talk about white supremacy and, and neoliberalism. All of these things are cultures that mm. impact folks. It's <laughs> there's so much, but there's I really so much. appreciate it's a lot. what you said because that em- that 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 embodied emotion 
Mm. Embodied stagnation. Especially, so emotions are hormonal too, right? Right, right. And we, as women, our neuroendocrine system is so complex. Those tiny things, stress, the food we eat, the things that we're thinking about, the environment we live in, they have, even though they're tiny, they have these impacts on this very sensitive system of ours that that controls our reproductive organs. Hands down. Right? And so all of these things are connected. And people are like, well, how is that coochie business? Yeah. Oh, it is. It is. I dare say everything is coochie business. It is. I mean, when you talked about... um, Choosing oneself, it's important not just in relationships, in, in, in marriages and dating relationships, but even friendships. Because if you're with someone who tells you a thousand and one reasons why what you're doing is not good. Imagine if we were friends five years ago. And every time you brought up coochie business, I was like, well, that's not your place. Why don't you do this? And why don't you do that? And you kept me around. You don't realize it as much as you think you're powerful. But I would have done something to taint your goal, to taint your dream. These things do affect us. And I think that as women, as black women, we need to really take these things seriously and to become unapologetic of saying no, a loud, belligerent, crazy no to anyone who tells you you can't and this is why or you shouldn't because X, Y, Z. Better do it and fail. Better do it and fail. But can you really fail when you're doing you? What's your definition of failure, right? No. Exactly. Because you made progress. You did something that you didn't do before. It didn't get to where you thought it was, but you made progress. To me, that's progress. It is. You know, I, uh, I think it was Les Brown, and forgive me if I'm misquoting him. Uh, someone said, the unlived life is not worth living. This is what we do. It's so easy for someone to say. Someone told me once, when, and she said, how is, that, how is that little business that you started? How is that little business thing that you're doing? And without recognizing the quote-unquote shade, I started to engage. And she said, without even hearing the rest of my answer, she said something to the lines of, you, you're better than I. I could never dabble in <laughs> XYZ. I could never just be so random about my career. So this is how people show you how they think about you. I'm here trying to uncover, discover, and live and, and grow and bounce back and start over. And she's like, you're dabbling. That's what, that's what, that's what they, that's how they experience you. Those subtleties, you need to catch them and see it for what it is. But, but let me tell you, we don't always bounce it off of us. A part of me went back to my, my little corner. I thought, I thought, am I dabbling? Am I, is my little business even worth pursuing? Is my message that important? And then I have to remind myself of the nine to five that this person has where they're extremely unsatisfied and thought, yeah, let me go ahead and dabble in this life that I'm living called fully engaged. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got to be careful. <laughs> and and, and it's so, yes, all of this is coochie business. Understanding that agency, the sense yeah. of self, your boundaries, yes, the flexible edges of it, as well as the hard edges of it. Right. Understanding those people who help support and grow it and yeah. those that take away from it. Whether consciously or subconsciously, because there are, ener- you know, those energetic vampires, those dream mm-hmm. killers, haters. And it may not even be about you hating on your thing. It's just that they couldn't even 
Like she said, I couldn't even imagine dabbling. Not only does she say it's this little thing, it's yeah, a dabble. dabble. She herself can't even imagine doing those little dabbling things. So why are you knocking me? It That's wasn't it even is. about, and this is why it's so important to know where we are as individuals and fine. And this, it's an energetic thing. I, I, I've, I've, you know, you said something earlier about when you were saying thank you because you did this. And I was thanking you in return because it is that those people that reflect to you and like you said, give you permission. So you see them dancing to the beat of their own tune. Right. Right. That's what you do. But sometimes we don't always feel like it's okay to do it. Do you feel, Abby, that you, on your journey in bouncing back and falling down and starting over, do you feel that you can look back and say you lost people, but now they did you a favor? Or did you feel that that loss of people occur for you as pain? And I guess what I'm saying is talk to me about losing people along the way and talk to your audience about how to look at that when that happens. Um, well, I started off by saying, uh, well, I should start by saying I've always been an introvert. And I think that's okay. also something I've, I am an introvert or I don't know anymore because I definitely am passionate about certain things. Let's say ambivert. But I need my own space. I, I, I stick to myself a lot and all of those things. And so <clears throat> I have a personality and I like people and I engage with people. But the expectations that tend to come from that aren't always the same. So friendships have always been very, very sacred to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't have a whole lot of them at any given time. Acquaintances, colleagues and things, abundance. So you probably have a more, um, less, well, I'll let you finish. Go ahead. Please interrupt. Go ahead. No, so when you put it that way, and I could be wrong, I feel like it's it's almost my assumption that, well, if you were that organized emotionally about the boxes that you put people in, you might not have experienced the unnecessary hurt that some of us out here experience by dashing out this word friendship all nilly-willy. Like, hey, that's my friend. That's my boo. Like, no, that's an acquaintance. That's a colleague. That's a coworker. Put them in the right box. What are your thoughts? If that's where you were going, then you are absolutely right. <laughs> I've just, I've been okay with my own company for a very long time. For me, my journey is, and it's interesting because this, beca- this became clear to me after a death of a colleague when I was in med mm-hmm. school. There weren't very many black people <laughs> in the school at the school I went to, and she, Haitian woman. She died. She went out on a brigade, on a trip, and she drowned and never came back. And she was one of wow. those people. Yeah, it messed me up because I would always would always go to, like, I ain't come here to find no partner. I ain't come here to find no friends. I ain't come here to do nothing but get my education and get out. That was, like, mm-hmm. my every day I would say this, like. And so I didn't really make those connections. I, I, that wasn't my priority. All right. There was a lot of grief that I had because of that because when I needed and wanted community I didn't have it but I was okay mm. with it because I did that to myself so it's like okay you're just a loner no problem but when when Michelle died I was like what because I saw her as like yeah and I would always say next to no I'm not co-, like she but she never stopped inviting me she never stopped coming she just 
she saw me. She didn't right. take it personally, as a lot of people tend to do yeah. when I flake. <laughs> if I don't right. do it, if I'm not interested, or if I'm just like, people think, I don't know what people think of me, but what I've heard from those who have shared, when they finally got to know me, oh, I thought you were stuck up or this. Mm-hmm. Like, I love to dance. Mm-hmm. I've got a potty mouth. I have a lot of things going on. But people see that perfection thing, this right. organization thing, the way I talk, the quiet thing or whatever. I am opinionated. And they, right. they think it's something else I don't usually know until much later. But as it relates to, like, I guess where I was going is that, for me, it's building that community. When Michelle mm-hmm. died, I realized tomorrow's not promised. If you That's see true. something in someone that you know, yeah, I'd see you. You're my girl. Don't wait. I was like, oh, yeah. after we graduate, then we'll be friends. And that time it didn't come, won't come. Well, she's, she's around. I mean, I see dead people. I play with dead people. Ba- babies, spirits, they, they, they're always around me. And this is the beginning. This is why I said I'm familiar with death, but I've never been Got to it. funerals and things. So. Got it. But that was the lesson. Like, you, you need to know who is your community. And you need to hold That's on true. to them. Don't bring everyone into your community. You need to know who's for you and who's not. Everyone else can be on the mother so- categories. Yep. I'm super impressed with the fact that you intuitively do that. That is not most people. So that thing, so I, as much as I thought um, being an introvert was something to fight, it's the divorce journey that taught me that it's something to embrace. However, I was looking for answers and validation and hope outside of myself. And it took me a while, years to start to enjoy my own company. When you are aligned with someone, say a, mar- a spouse, you're married or in a relationship with them, you're, di- you're living with them, you don't realize what loneliness looks like on the other end. It, it, it's different things for different people. But from jump, I think that I've now valued, I now value what you do naturally, which is my own company. Most people are not taught that. We don't even know what that looks like. And I think that it's something that we need to give ourselves permission to do. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I think it is. And I also think it's important to know where we are individually. So I was going to say, don't overvalue it, though, because <laughs> I overvalued my solitude at some points, right? I see what and you're I think saying. it's really important to know, and, and it's the balance. It's, this, it's a dance and not doing any, either extreme. Yeah. Good topics, good topic. We are so, we're, we're all over the place. At the same time, we're touching the same things we usually talk about um, in real life. And um, so where are you right now? What, what's in your space now? What are, you, what are your passion projects? What are you working on? What are you doing, looking to do? Well, I'm in school. So there's this PhD that takes up quite a bit of time. That's so true. Kudos to you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I guess, but it's a big deal. Acknowledge it for what it is. We're not in those spaces like that. We're just not. Yes. And it is. So the the main answer is the alignment of all of these parts show up on Coochie Business, really. Because that is Mm. the embodiment of that agency, of that choosing myself, of really bringing all of the different parts of me to a particular place and sacrificing it, which is, I'm a servant. I, right. I've always, I want to give, 
but I don't want to be abused and I need to also learn how to give to myself, right? And so that's what this transformation, this journey, this community that's happening with this is, you know, this opportunity to to speak to these things that are critically important in this way that will hopefully bring a lot of engagement, really, with audience, because these are not isolated stories. No, and not. and the things, there's so many patterns. The thing about this interdisciplinary background, you know, that I've had, and maybe I'll just put it on the website, what, is, what are these, all these degrees? But um, essentially... I, I find myself in all of these spaces with different groups of people, and I'm always the other. But because I've been in these other spaces, I can pick up on patterns, right? Mm. And a lot of the things, even though the content is different, the themes are the same. They're similar. Right. And so I'm like, ah, but if these people will talk to these people, then maybe we can. And especially for me, they've always been around Gucci things. How long will it take for us to get free if we got to, let's talk about it. Let's everyone bring all of these things. How does the politics, how does the spirituality, how does the yeah. medical, actual physical manifestations of things, what's going on with our babies, you know? How is COVID right. impacting these things? There's so much that once we have a community and foster this trust and understand the healing power in stories, you're a storyteller. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. there's something that happens when we get these lessons and it sticks. You can go read a book, go get a lecture about the same thing. You're going to forget afterwards unless you actually care about it. But if yep. you hear someone's Absolutely. story, you remember all of those things and you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this thing because of the story. Yeah. I'm excited for your journey. I'm excited for this podcast finally coming to fruition because it's, it's always relevant all the time always will be and it's just time it's just time it's going to be and I, and I really want to encourage your listeners to share the podcast every time they hear an episode that they feel someone can relate to or just publish it on whatever platforms you're listening on and share it in people's emails or send it as a text message because you never know what part of it is going to resonate with the listener and you'll be doing a fellow sister a favor by sharing that podcast so that's something to keep in mind mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what I want to say to the audience is tell us what you want to talk about. This podcast yeah. is for all of us. We yeah. hear ram- rambling about a whole lot of things that are personal to us. And in here you see some of the origin story. But is it the children? Is it the job? Is it the empowerment? Is it something physical? Send in those questions, those topics. How can they reach you? If I want to send a request to bring up a subject, let's say I meet somebody and I have a question. I would like, I have a question about sex or anything that I think is, that I want to hear in the podcast. How do we send those messages to you? You can just go to coochiebusiness.com and there you can submit a question. If you don't want to go to the website, you can just question at coochiebusiness.com. You can just email. If you nice. have a story, you can just stories at coochiebusiness.com and submit a story. But the website has the forms. You just put it in there. Um, yeah, that's it. That's exciting. There's a whole website now. This has happened. I'm excited. I'm really excited. So is it okay to be a little OCD? You're perfect the way you are. It's all good. <laughs> I love it's it. It's all good. It's all good. I know we spent a lot of time clowning you, but... Um, 
I'm just happy to be a part of this journey. I feel like I'm a walking journal in a way. And just as you are with me, we share stories in real time. We share the most mundane things. And I really appreciate it. I might just call you to say, listen, you'll never believe what happened to my tire. And you'll listen to every aspect of that story. And then we'll just move on, right? So just thank you for being a space where storytelling is life-changing, even if it's just being a listening ear. So I just appreciate what you are. And I'm glad that the rest of the world gets to experience some of this. People don't, I don't know who you're working with or who you're going to school with, but I hope they know that you are so much more complicated. You're just so, and I'm using the word complicated, you're so dynamic. You're just, you're a whole lot. You're just a whole lot. And we finally get to experience that. I always have access to it, but now the whole world does. In a good way. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in a good way. It's a good thing? Okay. All right. <clears throat> I think it's a good thing. Um, and even if it's not, it's, it's really important to live our full lives, to be unapologetic and authentic and put those things out there. Those who it resonates with, I'll be right there with you. That, that stagnant, that, that pushing things forward, it causes destruction. That's, that's yeah, we don't need that. So nope. here I am. Here we are. Here we yes. go. Yes. Thank you for joining us today for some coochie business. Join us next week for another coochie conversation you will not want to miss. Did something on today's show make you go, hmm? Let's talk about it. We want to discuss your coochie questions and share your coochie stories. And you can submit them to us at questions at coochiebusiness.com for your questions or stories at coochiebusiness.com for your stories. And coochie is spelled C-O-O-C-H-I-E. And we just might read them on air. Now you can help Coochie Business grow by helping new listeners find our show. And you can do this by making sure you are subscribed on your podcast platform of choice. And by rating the show and leaving a comment with a review. All right, come on, let's get that Coochie Gucci, y'all.